Look at the citizen. Picking out your clothes for you now, man. <laughs> well, as you can see, we've taken very good care of your lady friend. And I mean, it wasn't easy to get the guys to lay off of this. You know what I mean. But I persuaded the guys to lay off. I mean, until I talk to you, at least. All right, talk. Oh, wow. I mean, can you believe what the outside world has done to this child? Do you remember how polite he was when he was with us? <laughs> Pom Pom went for a midnight swim last week. And when she came back to get her clothes, the club's money was gone. And so was CC. I mean, it is bad. I mean, it is really bad enough to leave the gang and not say goodbye. And it hurts. But when you run off and you take the gang's money, that is not a cool thing to do. You want the 500 back and the girl and I can split. Is that the deal? Uh, 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 uh. Figure is now an even thousand. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 224, finally. <laughs> this one's been a while in the making. Um, That's my I mean, fault. I apologize. That's entirely my fault uh, because I was unclear uh, in our planning DMs to Lee, and he thought I was going to show up last week, and uh, I said, fuck you. I have, I have better things to do. That's yeah. what happened. I've I've heard that so many times. Uh, Daniel just just kind of loves me and leaves me whenever he feels like it. But uh, yeah, right. well, you know that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I have better things to do than to talk to you. I know, I know. Uh, but I Lee gives motorcycling a bad name. Russell, joined by my uh, might be replaced co-host here, Daniel. I'm a teenage prostitute. Give you any ideas, Harper? How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm not a teenager, but uh, given the choice between, uh, you know, what I do now and being a prostitute, uh, you know, it's kind of a wash, you know. (laughs) Only fans. Daniel Harper, only fans. That's what we need, you know, ultimately. You'll have to compete with uh, our uh, co-host and I's on Lee fans. That's going to happen sometime yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah. And uh, nicely the- done. Nicely. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna applaud you for that one. I'm not gonna literally applaud. I, 
I'm just going to virtually applaud you for that. I, did, I didn't come up with it. She came up with it. So it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, join us again. Lee, I steal from the rich because the poor have no money. Hardy, how you doing? I like that. That is a good intro. That's that should be that should be my intro for like OnlyFans. My bio when they ask for a bio. That's it. There you go. I figured it out. Puzzle problem when, solved. When you've done 224 episodes, he's really like scraping the bottom of the barrel of those. But, you know. I enjoy them. Like every time. That's like one thing I always get excited for. I'm like, I wonder what he's going to come up with this time. And yes, I am fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I feel like it's my opening clips now that are suffering here and there. Like the clip I picked for this one just sucks, but. Like I could have, I could have spent like you know the extra time to actually like rip the movie off YouTube and find like a really good clip and put it in there. But I was like, nah, just someone uploaded this one scene on YouTube. That's good enough. It, <laughs> fuck these people who listen to us. They don't care. It, it's fine. <laughs> Great yeah. to put the effort in. I'm happy that I'm a part of a such a thought out show. Oh yeah, professional <laughs> podcast where half the time I forget to fucking record the fucking episode these days. It seems. Like. <laughs> It wasn't. A, it was one episode, but it was like a three-hour episode. So, you know. well, no, I've I've done that uh, bef- once before. If you do recall, Daniel, we had to restart the episode and and, and do it over yeah, again. Yeah. And then there was that time where I erased one of our episodes. I just like ah, delete it. I don't even need to download it and edit it. I, I'll just delete it right right offhand. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it happens occasionally, but like one time in a hundred, I mean, yeah, it was fine. Like, you know, like, you know, it's I guess, I mean, I guess know. I made you nervous. I understand. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> you just uh, couldn't deal with the brilliance of me talking about Hackson again. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our best of lists were too good for the people that yeah, actually too, listen to that. Too good. Yeah. yeah. Although, actually, those lists will, like I said uh, in a previous episode, that they will show up on the actual Facebook page for anyone who's actually interested in that. So uh, I'll probably be posting that next week. Um, it, it took, post. <laughs> mm, it's going to be a long post. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, CC and Company from 1970 this time around. Some more Anne Margaret uh, goodness. Uh, that's, yep. that's, that's basically why I put this on there. And also because... Um, this movie got a little bit of uh, talking up in Quentin Tarantino's recent film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's one of the trailers that's shown uh, when they go to when uh, Sharon Tate goes to the movies. So, so that's that's kind of why it was sort of swimming in the back of my brain, and, and I put it on the list. Um, do we have anything we've watched lately that anyone wants to talk about? Or every time you ask me this, I always freeze because I feel like I've watched so many movies, and then I'm like, what the fuck have I watched? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I wa- okay, actually, uh, I have watched two movies mm-hmm. that uh, I have this like love-hate relationship with. So I watched the the second Mamma Mia. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called now, but anyways, it was so cheesy and Mama so bad. Mamma is probably what it's called, you know. <laughs> or is it? Or is it Mamma Mia too? Back Electric again? Boogaloo? I, mean, I don't know. No. I don't remember. Back in the habit. <laughs> All I know is I watched it, and it's like that feel-good movie that like mm. makes you feel awesome, and then it just makes me laugh because Cher isn't at the end, and she's just she's so old now. Like I fucking love her. Like the fact that she's even there, I'm like, cool, awesome. Like you're amazing. Um, but you can tell she's old because she barely moves anymore. There's no show in her. There's just I am a presence. 
<laughs> some some parts of her face are only like five years old. Yes, that's yeah. But she's literally just she's just a, a statue now. Like she just stands there beautifully. Like admire me. I want to be at that fame. I want to be at that fame where I literally have to do nothing and people are just <laughs> fucking throwing themselves at me. <laughs> That sounds less about uh, you and more, uh, like less about Sharon and more about your like desire for uh, adoration. Um, <laughs> so, by which I mean, I understand mm-hmm. your fetish and I uh, approve. <laughs> okay, good. Um, the other one I watched was called uh, Prom. It's a Netflix original, and I had a hate on for this one for most of the movie because it's such a sense, like it's such a, a serious topic, like the whole uh, LGBTQ just being respected and having your own prom and all that kind of stuff. It's just how they started the movie with like these celebrities trying to be like, we want to bring our fame back, and then they go there and then they really don't really cause a ruckus and they really don't do anything and they're really kind of useless i don't know i just really i i had this i liked it because i thought it was like a feel good but then i hated it because i was like you just converted a bunch of people who are homophobic hardcore homophobic and a song and be like hey by the way you're not homophobic anymore oh, I just i don't know they cured their 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 homophobia in in one fell swoop is that what happened yeah yeah it just i don't know or that's what they want you to believe is that is basically yeah, and I also rewatched uh, Burlesque for the thousandth time. Terrible movie, but the women are gorgeous, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, um, I got one I'll mention. Uh, this popped up on Netflix uh, a week ago or so. Hotel Artemis from 2018. At the time it was released, it was set ten years in the future, so it's uh, 2028, <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, when you know it, riots happening in Los Angeles. Riots That's... happening in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. Proto-fascism happening. Is that is that what's... It's a little, little bit. The, the riots are over the privatization of water. Is, is what's going on. Yeah. It's basically a... a we're not there war. yet. We'll, we'll get... By 2028, we're getting, yeah. We're getting yeah. there, yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's set more around this sort of uh, neo-noir sort of conceit. Jodie Foster is in this. Jeff Goldblum is in this. Uh, Zachary mm. Quinto. Charlie Day. Dave Bautista <gasps> is in this as well. I love um, Charlie Day. And it's, uh, it's... So it's set in the titular Hotel Artemis where these big riots break out. And Hotel Artemis is basically this old hotel that's been retrofitted with some modern technology to be a... Uh, secret clinic run by Jodie Foster as this sort of crime doctor who, you know, takes in like VIP criminals as her patients and cures them and stuff, right? And and stitches them up and shit. So she's getting some like high profile criminals in her clinic while these riots are happening. And so they're all various different characters like Charlie Day's a gun runner and uh, Dave Batista is actually the nurse. He's he's uh, Jodie Foster's nurse, which is funny. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is his major crime boss called the Wolf, who has just like decided he's got to show up because he's got a wound in his side or whatever. And uh, he's he's actually the guy who set up the hotel for Jodie Foster and made her like the the head of it and everything like that. And she follows these. This feels moves. like a like Wachowski sisters movie or something. Like it's <laughs> uh, it, it it's very um, the way it sort of visually looks, it's very jo- uh, John Wick. Uh, ish in, oh, yeah. in, in how it looks, but it, the action scenes are actually much more naturalistic, and I kind of appreciated that. Like the fight scenes are really good, 
and nothing really happens in the film until like the very last 20 minutes then everything sort of hell breaks breaks loose but up until then it's all character stuff for the most part and all these different criminals and they all got different shit going on and there's like some secret subplot stuff going on a little of it's some of it's a little convoluted a little trite a little like i've seen that before kind of thing but i just thought it was done really well and it's you know it's kind of refreshing to see one of these movies where yeah it does the formula thing but it does it really well and it doesn't try to be fancy it doesn't try to be john wick or something like that like it 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 grounds itself enough in reality that uh i thought it was good and i think it's one of um jodie foster's best performances actually like she's really good at it yeah and that's that's high praise yeah yeah, sure Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, that that's worth checking out um yeah yeah i i didn't watch anything so you know it's fine Okay. I, I mean, I did. I watched a lot of stuff, but you know, it was it, nobody wants to watch what I watch. Was <laughs> it porn? Is it porn? <laughs> I did. I did watch some porn. Oh, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. You know, we start reviewing porn. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh my god. I, we we've done that. We've done <laughs> it in the past. We basically have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. we have. Yeah. No, we did Busty Cops, which was the worst movie. I think. I think Lee and I would agree the worst movie we've ever reviewed on this podcast was Busted it's, Cops. It's not even really a movie. It's just... No, it's not. It's not. But it does have uh, women uh, smashing eggs on each other's tits. And yeah. that's not what you've seen in any other movie that we've discussed on this podcast. So I mean, it, it, was def- it was definitely a first and a last <laughs> the yeah. first time yeah. I ever saw it and last time I'd ever need to kind of thing but you know um, and there's like I think there's like two sequels to that too yeah there there's at least two sequels yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you can do like zombie strippers or something there's a good one <laughs> yeah that's not really por- I mean it, in a way it's kind of porn but it's not really porn it's like so that. bad it's so yeah. bad isn't Jenna Jameson in that? Yeah, yeah. and Tito Ortiz when yeah, they married. She she's gone. She's gone full on QAnon at this point. So, uh, you know, like, it is it is really depressing. Like you, you you really enjoy like not only do you get off on some of these like porn actresses and softcore porn actresses and stuff, and and but you you enjoy the performances and stuff, and you're like, oh, I want to learn more about them, you know. And I'll go in their Instagram, and then all of a sudden there's like all this QAnon shit, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, ugh. no, it's nice to it's nice to follow some of my like old school favorite porn stars and go like you have really good politics. Let me support your OnlyFans mm-hmm. for five dollars a month. I have no problem with that. And then you find some of them and you go, you are now a crazy person, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All right. you're, you're hanging out with us. That's the yeah. Thing, so. I mean, maybe, I'm not maybe, that level crazy. Maybe I'm yeah. weird. Not crazy. maybe you're not crazy. You just have bad judgment. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, okay, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play some uh, podcast promos and some music, and we're gonna come back and talk about CC and Company.
Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept Little history up. all yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch one. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops.
Okay, CC and Company from 1970, and I was going to put a trailer in here, but the trailer is kind of like mostly noises of punching and <laughs> and like not two, two of like the featured songs, and then there's like three seconds of dialogue, so we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> revving of engines, revving of motorcycles. Yes. There's a lot of that, too. Uh, actually, it's, it's like, pretty much like the... People, people zipping up black uh, 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 leather jackets. That's... Uh, yeah, if if you've seen once once upon a time in Hollywood, that scene with Sharon Tate in the theater, you've seen the trailer to CC and Company. So there you go. Um, this is directed by Seymour Robbie, and he is much more of a God. This guy is a prolific TV director. Um, his only other real film was called uh, Marco from 1973, and he's mm. un- and he's uncredited for one that's called Fury of the Dragon from 1976. But this was actually several episodes of the Green Hornet edited together as a feature film, so that's why he got the credit on that, right? Kind of thing. Um, I think it's interesting that he directed Marco, but not the uh, significantly greater uh, critical success Polo. That seems like a... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so... We've reached this point in our relationship, Lee and I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like I said, mostly a TV director. This guy did probably, like, at least one episode of every significant TV show from the mid-60s up until the 1990s. Like yeah. he he did. If well, I was looking at his TV fucking credits, and I was like, "Holy shit!" This guy was doing like fucking <laughs> bullshit sitcoms and stuff in the mid fifties up till like doing like twenty one episodes of Murder She Wrote, Heart to Heart, Remington Steel, Hawaii Five O, and then I think he even did like a couple of um like uh, I can't remember what it is about mystery shows and stuff in like the nineties before he retired, and I think he's dead now. But uh, I need to. I mean, he's, he's a- <laughs> He's a, he's a director for hire, like ultimately. Like he made a couple of like low budget movies, and uh, you know, like otherwise he works in TV. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's that's a career. Like he yeah. had he. Yeah, there's a no. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Not, there's yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, bad or I'm, good. Wasn't, he's making I wasn't, money. I was I was just shitting on him, Daniel. <laughs> no, I don't think you were. I'm just saying, like it's uh, you know, like it is, you know, if if. You know, as, if you if you go to film school to become a director and that's your career, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, like that's yeah. way oh, no. better than most people who go to film school and become a director. Yeah, no, this this guy this guy's responsible for directing like a significant amount of pop culture from the last century. Like that, if you've watched TV, mm-hmm. you've seen his you, shit. You've probably seen something he's directed. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Written by Roger Smith. Um, and this is interesting. So Roger Smith was actually married to Anne Margaret for 50 years. Uh, he just recently died, too. Like, it was like, what, 2017 or something like that. He died. Yeah, I um, saw that. Yeah. Uh, so Roger Smith, uh, he was mostly a TV actor. Uh, his, his best known role was uh, from a series called 77 Sunset Strip from 1958. And he was sort of like an up-and-coming kind of you know handsome guy actor um he he looks a lot like roger moore actually like he's kind of like the american roger moore and in his looks he was married to actress victoria shaw and had like two kids with her but divorced met ann margaret in 1967 and they married um but he had health problems all through his early life uh that affected his career he had a blood clot in his brain very early in his career that put him on the shelf for a while 
he had uh, he became diagnosed with a disease called um, uh, myas myasena gravis, something like that, a degenerative muscle nerve disorder, which led him to uh, basically retiring from acting. And he became Anne Margaret's manager and produced a lot of her projects going forward. Um, That's and around, cool. Yeah, and around this time, Anne Margaret was, you know, she was a singer and an actress. She did a lot of TV specials where she did, like, variety shows and singing and stuff like that. He was, like, behind all of that stuff. But right around this time, and we talked about The Swinger many episodes ago now, we mentioned how that was a big flop for Anne Margaret. That mm-hmm. was that was kind of the movie that kind of sunk her as a box office attraction for quite a while. And this project, out of all the projects they could possibly do, was their, like, let's get her back in the limelight. Let's get her back, <laughs> to, you know, uh, on track to be in a box office draw again. And she eventually did. Like, you know, she she got in carnal knowledge and stuff like that and, and, and hit it big again, you know, kind of thing. But this was sort of the first little... Let's dip our toes back in and try to get her back in sort of the the public view. Um, So this is uh, starring Joe Namath as C.C. Ryder, AFL and NFL Hall of Fame star quarterback, sometimes actor in commercials, TV and movies, uh, Super Bowl three MVP, apparently Um, not known so much for being a great football player as he was known for being one of the first real big personalities in football who like, um, <laughs> like he, he he was known for like uh being a man about town in new york uh romancing the ladies and talking mad shit about the teams he was going against and stuff like he was almost kind of like a pro wrestler uh, a, a football kind of idea like he, he was good at like talking shit and, and he's being good at cutting promos and also good at uh, dealing with the big skin that's the he sounds uh, like um he sounds like conor mcgregor in like ufc mm. like ter- sh- sh- okay fighter but just all about the fucking drama yeah per- per- oh, yeah apparently it. namath was you know pretty above average pretty decent football player but it was it was his personality that really kind of made him a star more than anything else um exactly it yeah <laughs> uh we got ann margaret as ann mccauley uh yep. what what can you say about ann margaret you know what's really funny in my notes i'm looking through my notes and one of the things where i was looking where there's no context or anything it just says her smile <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's it like i like oh and then i wrote uh, I want a sugar mama because the whole thing. I was like, "Yep, she can pay for everything for me, and I will do whatever she wants me to do to her." That's just the reality she, she of it. She wouldn't even have to pay; it would be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it got, would help. I love, I love, I love like, the show, like uh, having like the energy to take notes at this point. You know, mm-hmm. like this. Uh, you know, it's because I will forget. Remember back when we took notes, really... like it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still take if... notes. I don't. Def- I know you just wing it now, Daniel, or whatever. That's fine, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm phoning it in. I've been phoning it in for a couple of years, so you know. And even your phoning it in is pretty decent. So I mean, yeah, you got some pretty good. <laughs> reviews so yeah you're, yeah you're coasting on talent there so uh <laughs> we we got william smith as moon uh william smith one of my favorites uh prolific stuntman and actor he made a career as an actor as like a notable sort of b-movie villain he was in he was the final marlboro man as far as televised marlboro commercials go Ooh. Um, 
Mm -hmm. uh, some of his notable uh, film work, uh, he was in Darker Than Amber from 1970, which is something we should cover at some point, uh, Daniel. He's really good in that. Piranha. <laughs> Darker Than Amber. Brown. That's... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It's fine. Uh, Piranha 1972. He played Conan the Barbarian's father in Conan the Barbarian oh, in 1982. Um, he was in a bunch of gang movies in the 80s, like uh, The Outsiders and Rumblefish. And he was also in Red Dawn. I can't remember what his character was. I think it was maybe the one of the one of the Ru Russian bad guys or whatever. You know, kind of. And, and this guy's done a million like things in in you know as a stunt double and shit too. Like he's yeah. just very very uh, very long career. We have uh, Jennifer Billingsley as Pom Pom. Uh, she had a sort of minor little uh, exploitation career in the 70s. Uh, she was in White Lightning from 1973 with Burt Reynolds. And uh, she's in a movie that I... This is one of these movies that I need to track down a good copy of that it just doesn't seem like it's available. And this one also has uh, William Smith in it as well. It's starring William Smith. It's called Hollywood Man from 1976. And this is one I'm desperately looking to find like a really good copy on DVD of... Uh, as far as I've, I've, I've been trying to track it down now for a couple of years, and everything is just like the cut version, which sucks ass. We have uh, Mike Battle as Rabbit, Greg uh, Molivay as Lizard. He was in Bob Carroll, Ted, and Alice. Actually, he was oh. the uh, he was the, like the self help guru guy that they go to see at the beginning. Oh I God, believe. the very beginning. Jeez, yeah. man, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. It was the seventies. Uh, Look at that. Yeah. Lee, uh, you should watch Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's yes. on the list. That's ever growing. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Ted Abrashi as Pig. And I really enjoyed her performance in this, by the way. I thought she was really good. Uh, she was also in the uh, Big Bird Cage from 1972, one of those uh, women in prison uh, films. And, uh, mm. have, mm. Seems very fitting with like her personality and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything against her, just personality. We have uh, Don Chastain as Eddie Ellis, uh, Sid Haig showing up as as Crow, and of course we we talked about him in Foxy Brown, Coffee, and Jackie Brown. So I think it's really funny because I find that there were certain angles of Anne Margaret that really looked like Sharon Moon Zombie, <laughs> and like the same kind of voice too. So as soon as I, I was googling all of them, and then I saw that, I was like, that's kind of a funny coincidence. Like, I know yeah, it, well, with <laughs> with Rob Zombie, it's no coincidence because he basically just sees stuff and he copies it. So it's like I get Sid Haig in my movies, and I can you know I can copy these classic '70s movies that I watched. Let's just um, reshoot the thing I've already mm -hmm. seen him do. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I just I just thought there was very much a a visual similarity between those their two looks. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, we have Bruce Glover as Captain Midnight, and of course this is the father of Crispin Glover. Um, he's probably oh, best known. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, if, if you look at him, he's basically like, he's basically uh, Crispin Glover with a much larger head. Hmm. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's very weird. He's He was probably well known in the 70s at this point for the Walking Tall series. Uh, he was in Chinatown as a heavy in that. He's, I think he's the guy who breaks Jack Nicholson's nose. He was in Hard Times, and he was one of the killer, one of the hitmen in Diamonds Are Forever. One of the gay hitmen in Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, Mr. Oh, Kid, no Mr. Way. Wimp. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. 
Yeah, I, w- I was more thinking like Chinatown needs to be on our like, short list. That was, mm-hmm. that was kind of where I landed on that. But, you know, I'm like, yeah. Sure. Uh, and we got Kiva Kelly as uh, Tandalela. Tandalaya? I, I, I don't know. Uh, Jackine uh, Rohr as Zit Zit. And then we have someone I want to mention here, Wayne Cochran and the CC Riders as themselves. And uh, Wayne Cochran, interesting guy, uh, known as the White Knight of Soul, was an American soul singer who did like country and rock and rhythm and blues. He was friends with James Brown, Otis Redding. I mean, he performs one of Otis Redding's most well-known songs in this film. Uh, Known for his flashy costumes and his giant bleached blonde pompadour hairstyle. Sometimes it was wigs, sometimes it wasn't. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's definitely wearing a wig in this one, like you can tell. like It's it's the helmet hair kind of thing, but uh, a wig hat, basically. Uh, But his most famous song was uh, Last Kiss, which was performed by other performers and made much more famous. (laughs) And this guy retired from music to become an evangelist minister in Miami, Florida. Uh, I think he did some music stuff afterwards. Sort of came back, but he's one of those guys who like burned out doing lots of nose candy and shit in the seventies, and it's like, and all, all of a sudden I found religion, you know, kind of thing. So, but, uh, well, you know, it, the, there there were three options if you did a bunch of cocaine in the seventies. It was uh, die, mm-hmm. uh, find religion, or quit and become one of the greatest American filmmakers. And uh, that option was <laughs> only given to Martin to Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah, I was about to say that was, yeah, that was it. It's funny, that was I just. It. I just rewatched Taxi Driver like last week too. I was like, and and Scorsese's in that, you know, as in one of the scenes as a cab driver, you know, yeah. or not cab driver, but a, a, a uh, fucking patron of the cab. Yeah, you know, like, talking you know. about how he wants. Sorry, we're gonna have to explain to our Zoomer audience what a what a taxi cab is. is yeah, it's 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 like it's Uber. like an Uber. It's like an Uber, but they were all yellow. Yeah, and uh, they people actually got you paid called them by wage. phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you flag them down, yep. depending yeah. where you are. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to the synopsis here from someone called Sister Grim on IMDb. Motorcycle mechanic CC Rider joins the Heads, an outlaw biker gang. Fellow gang members menace fashion journalist Anne when her limo breaks down in the desert, but CC comes to her rescue. The bikers disrupt a motocross event tied in with a fashion shoot, but CC enters the competition under uh, Anne's admiring eye. He win his win puts him he didn't win uh, puts him at odds with Moon. Uh, leader of the heads. Uh, when CC leaves with his cut of the purse, the bikers kidnap Anne, and CC races Moon to win her freedom. Very 1970s women as property, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll get into it here. Uh, we'll just go over to you first, uh, Lee. Uh, what are your sort of general thoughts on this one? Okay, so uh, I have so many notes on it. Um, the first scene, uh, I had a really hard time watching it. It kind of really pissed me off because the whole idea is like the love story between like Cece and Anne. Mm -hmm. And the way it started is that like he rescues her from the two guys like from sexually assaulting her. But he literally lets it happen. He watches it happen. He knows it's going to happen and he waits a bit and then he does it. And like the fact that they waited a while before they like did anything. I was so uncomfortable and it made me so angry right from the get-go and i was like no bitch don't go with that guy like don't go with that guy so um it put a kind of like a sour taste like right from the beginning 
And then when I was watching it, it honestly, every time I watched any of the races, they just never ended. Like I felt like <laughs> I was just watching and be like, okay, last lap because they did some crazy stunt. Nope, they're going to go again. They're going to go again. And it just, I don't know. It was kind of long-winded for me. I didn't really care for it. I didn't. I <laughs> wasn't can a fan. I Cut out the racing sequences. This is a short film. <laughs> like yeah. But I, I don't even mind the racing sequences. Like, it's just, they were too long. It's just, I didn't care for the film. I I, I don't know. I think, like, the, the description was kind of perfect to say the whole property thing. Because she basically said, okay, cool, let's go wherever, and I'll be with you, and do whatever you want, and I'll leave my career for you. Not totally terrible, because I get, like, if you're not happy, then absolutely get up, go up, and do whatever you need to do. But literally, the girl nearly died, and she barely knew the guy. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. Some of the people, like you said, Pig, uh, her energy, her her ridiculousness, like, everything about her. Uh, she was the one I was always excited to see. Like, when she was in the car, when they were, like, hooking, um, and she's talking about chicken, and she's like, how old are you? Mm. And I just kind of, that made me laugh. I really <laughs> the guy, enjoyed that the guy, part. The guy's like, I'm 60-something. I'm, I'm it's like, oh, shit, this is going to be a hard fucking sell. Uh, what I really did laugh about when they said that he was, like, 63, I think. Mm. I think I literally have the notes in here. But anyways, I was looking at him. I'm like, my dad is 71, and does not near, look nearly as old as that guy did. You could tell it's an old movie when... <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Daniel and I have uh, talked many times about how just people looked way older than they were in movies back then. <laughs> like, I think oh, I my God, that guy looks ancient. And it's like, oh, no, no, he was 35. It's fine. That was like what we were talking about in uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. We were talking about the one guy where I was saying he was in his 40s and you were telling me he was like, what, early 30s or something? I can't remember. But oh, yeah, I... the, the guy who died early from the brain tumor. Yeah. like. Yeah, he was only like 20-something, and he looked yes, like 40. Yes, even yeah. now I'm saying the wrong age, and I thought he was in his 40s. Like, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just... It was... I, I'll say it was like entertaining to watch from beginning to end. I did watch it, um, and I was able to stay like focused on it. So I will give it that, but truthfully, at the end, I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach that I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's good. So, so that was... That was it. I do have to say, none of the guys had butts, and it really made me angry. <laughs> like, you watch them, they pan, and they show these guys, like, this guy's supposed to be super... I did not find the lead guy attractive at all. I didn't find CC attractive. His bad boy attitude had nothing in me that was like, okay, my, my lady bits are tingling. Like, nothing... <sighs> nothing i didn't find his face attractive i didn't find his personality attractive i didn't find the fact that he waited for this girl to get sexually assaulted if you, before he if jumped you in knew, to get attractive if you knew he threw four touchdowns on one game would that uh would not that have affected all. all right well not uh, at all i'm not a football fan apparently you apparently you're not pig bundy like, no i'm know, not yeah no. i'm not um i don't even know if she gets that joke uh but you know have you ever seen Married of Children? I did. That's why I did get the joke. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't all that funny, Dan. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's I was funny. laughing. I have like the hugest. I guess it's because I don't like laugh ha 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 out loud, but I did have like the big smile on. But I guess that's not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just calling it out for the audience. You see, you know, like uh, the, key, the key to being a great podcaster is having a performative laugh. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 
<laughs> yeah, I go, <laughs> yeah, I get that. I got that. I got that reference <laughs> to the Captain America thing. You know, yeah, yeah. I can La- do a- laughing and pretending to actually like care what the other person's saying. You know, on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, you just kind of nod more. and go, like, "Yeah, no, yeah, no, I get that. I get that completely. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I am a server, so I do have to laugh at people's bad jokes. So I will bring that forward next time I do a podcast yeah. with you guys. Professionalism is what I'm we're, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I failed you. You got a bullshit. <laughs> you got a bullshit like we do. Yeah. I have uh, I have a really good fake laugh. So next time, I will use right. it. You guys. We've been a joke. at this for 224 episodes, so you know it's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have like a an audience of a hundred dedicated people. We're used to fake laughs and yeah, fake yeah. admiration. Um, Daniel, your thoughts. Uh. Oh, and Margaret is great mm-hmm. because, of course, she is. Uh, Joe Namath. This is the first like thing I've really seen him in, honestly. This and, is really the first thing he ever did, pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I I know him by name. I think you know, like as a child in the U.S. in the '80s, I kind of knew him as like you know, football star. Like you know, he had his name on a whole bunch, like you know, the Joe Namath Hall of Fame commemorative plate or whatever like that's mm-hmm. kind of you know kind of what what where he was in my like headspace so, like uh, i'm not a football fan uh Me either no as you neither as the audience it will shock the audience to know that i am not a football fan <laughs> but yeah. you know i think he's fine like he's a perfectly serviceable lead, leading man in this kind of exploitation thing like and i, I didn't really love it i i didn't like this movie i mm-hmm. like it's it's completely out of my brain at this point and margaret is adorable <laughs> that swimsuit like, i have i've i wish i had been taking notes so that I would remember what happened in this movie. But like, <laughs> yes, I have so few memories of what happened. And like I I I'll put that on myself because I drank a six pack of Hop Slam before I started watching this movie this evening. Um <laughs> so you know, we can we can, you know, that that take take it on me. It's worth a watch. It's uh, on Amazon Prime. It's on, you know, you can get this for free. Uh, there are ways to there are ways to watch this. It's a fun watch. I was not unentertained, and and Margaret, she's adorable, mm-hmm. and there are other uh, lovely ladies in it, and lots of motorcycles uh, driving in circles, and sometimes yep. not in circles. Yeah, all of that is is fine. Uh, like I, I don't know. This this is the kind of movie, and like I don't want to like grade on a curve, but like you kind of have to, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a drive-in movie, and the yep. point of a drive-in movie is. I'm 17 years old and I've got like a girlfriend, you know, in the seat, in the bucket seat next to me. And like the whole thing is, do I get to finger bang this girl? (laughs) And that's, that's the point of a drive-in movie, you know, in 1970. And yeah, anything above like basic competence is like, you know, Oscar caliber by the standard, (laughs) you know? And Anne Margaret is adorable. She's mm-hmm. super hot in this because, of course, she is. Like, it does kind of amaze me where, uh, like, the the swinger is like, you know, the nadir of her career financially because that's actually a very good movie, mm-hmm. which has like really interesting stuff going on. And and this is like call, coming back to fame because this 
it's not nearly as good as the swinger was. No, <laughs> you know? no. And she does nothing in she it was. except she looks gorgeous because of course she does. It's also like one of those things where carnal knowledge is like the next year and she looks mm-hmm. significant. Like I looked it up and she is 29 here, you know, which means she's like 30 or 31 when, when carnal knowledge is paid and she looks 10 years older than that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not like a criticism. It's just more like carnal knowledge is just like, that's the, you know, they made her up to look older so, and she looks, she's still super hot, but this is Anne Margaret looking youthful and energetic and in that same, like, like Elvis, you know, movie mode, you know, like sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know? So yeah, watch the movie, crank it to Anne Margaret, uh, hit mute for the rest of it. Uh, watch the motorcycle stuff. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. The name with his, you know, like, I, I don't know if he's attractive. I'll, I'll leave that to Lady Lee, but like, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a perfectly fine lead for a movie of this caliber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's... There's nothing about him. that I found attractive. He's a colossal dick bag. And the, the thing is, is like, he's not so much acting in this film as he's kind of just amping up his personality, I guess, like his sort of persona in the public eye. Like he has this like aloof nonchalant kind of guy who just like goes with the flow, whatever, baby, it's fine. Like, you know, he, d- he does watch Anne Margaret start to get gang raped before he decides, hey, maybe I should step in. Maybe I should do something about this. I know yeah, exactly yeah. what they're going to do. Yeah. I know exactly what they're trying to they're do. They're going to gang rape her. And Let like, me maybe watch. I should do something about Let me this. Stand in the front maybe and I'll watch. I'll watch for 10 minutes and then I'll come in and be the hero. It'll be fine. As soon as I saw, as soon as I saw the beginning where they started making her feel uncomfortable and he was just watching standing there and he had a smile on his face the first time around, I was like, You are an asshole. You're a piece of shit. You're garbage. You're fucking awful. Like, like I said, right away, put a fucking very sour taste in my mouth. It really gets so, me. So, 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 Lee has not made you watch a bunch of the uh, raping movies of the seventies yet. That's that's what I'm learning because, like, the level of like the level of rape in this movie versus like the level of rape in like most movies of the seventies that we have mm. discussed is like this is like twenty percent. You know, like it's not that there's no rape in it, <laughs> but it's certainly not like, Oh no, that that's part particularly of my rapey. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's part of my general thoughts on this. Um, so this movie, it's not really a biker exploitation film, not in the sense of the ones that were around this time, many of them with William Smith in them. This is sort of the pampered nerfed version of those sort of films. Like it doesn't go as, dark and raw as a lot of those films do like yes there's implied oh we're gonna gang rape Anne margaret but then they laugh it off as a joke right like it, by the end right. of it it's it's joe namath and Anne margaret laughing and like flirting and stuff for some weird reason and it dawned on me here's the reason why this is is because this is an elvis movie without elvis Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so you, Joe you Na- just swap in Joe Namath, yeah, Elvis, and so you take like one of the most charming singers of his generation and go like, what if we had a football player instead? Mm-hmm. And Either just way. swapped him in, you know. <laughs> and instead, like maybe you could have found an actor, like you know, mm-hmm. like that that would have been another option. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. We're you know football player. That's fine. Yeah. Mm. The biggest problem with this is. 
it doesn't really know like it, it's tr it's trying to be a vehicle for Anne Margaret, and she she's the best thing in this. She tries really hard. Like she's actually acting in this, which is like. Mm -hmm wow you don't need to go this hard on this like because this movie is not up to your standards at all um she almost unbalances it like if it mm -hmm. wasn't Anne margaret like if it if it was just you know generic beautiful woman number 42 or whatever mm -hmm. you know in this and not Anne margaret i feel like i would have like paid attention to it more on that level you know as like oh it's some a piece of cultural detritus from 1970. Yeah, I suppose to well, Anne Margaret's in it, and so like clearly it has like it elevates the like her presence elevates the sense in which I kind of get the material right, you know. Um, so I feel like there is a there is a sense in which you know like <laughs> it's like you know if you were watching like a slasher film in like 1997 and suddenly like Tom Cruise was in it a bit part or something, <laughs> you'd go. Well, what the fuck is Tom Cruise doing in this? Yeah. Right? You know, well, that's kind of my that's kind of my feeling on it. You know, I'm just gonna say, like, I have such, I don't know, the whole movie just made me angry. Right when I was realizing the beginning and how she was just so in love with him, and I was just, I just couldn't do it. Like that intro, just, or not intro. The intro was him making the sandwich, but um, yeah, that intro, that uh, that first second scene, I guess you could say that second scene, it just pissed me off so much. Like, it was so hard for me to let that go. So every time she did anything, anytime she said anything and she had any sort of attraction to him, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it just, uh, ah, it's, <laughs> it's, angry. She, and I mean, she, she physically sells that her character is into Joe Namath. It's just like, there's no real reasonable reason why she should be because he's a piece of shit. Like, he, he's just, just aloof, like, no direction asshole. And I guess you're supposed to believe that Anne Margaret's character is this person who has a successful career, going places in life, but because of the spirit of the 70s or something like that, she wants to throw it all away and go riding with this guy who's probably going to dump her a month down the road anyway and go off to the right. next chick like kind of thing. Well, he was flirting, making out, whatever, with the, the gang leader's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, they had that scene. I remember seeing that scene and be like, why do they put this in here if there's supposed to be this huge romantic relationship? I don't know if it's because it was supposed to prove he was like the alpha. Because I know when you read the, t the actual description, it says that he's trying to be the leader of the gang, but I don't see that. Like, it he's just not like trying. He's no, the, no, the he's gang, trying to leave the, it. The, the gang just likes him more than they like fucking moon. That's yeah. <laughs> like, we... uh, I, I did enjoy some of the like fashion shoots, like, you know, like mm -hmm. Anne Margaret as she should be the model, but instead she's like the fashion director. She's mm -hmm. the photographer. And like the idea that she's like, doing these shoots and everything and the fact that like no you have to get a shot of them like jumping the thing behind the models there's something there there's an interest there but the movie isn't it just kind of does it for two minutes and then moves on you know i mean on a technical level this movie sometimes it's really good but a lot of times it's kind of really badly Bad. edited and stuff comes out of nowhere like it just goes from scene to scene before uh, cc takes Anne out to see Wayne Cochran and the CC riders at the club or whatever. And, you know, I don't remember them setting up a date, by the way. Uh, I don't think that, ever, that ever happens, but he goes, but he goes to the secretary at, I think 
the company and works for or something like that and gets a job there. Yeah. He sweet talks the secretary there. And, you know, he's like, you know, can you get me in and stuff like that? And it's like, you know, and, and he implies I'll fuck you later kind of thing. And then it cuts to him and Anne Margaret on the motorcycle driving to the club. And it's like, where did this come from? Okay. You want it's hilarious. You can't even really see it. I know I'm just showing you and no one's going to see it. One of my nose, there's like in capital letters, in capital letters, it says, how did they meet up? Mm. And that's exactly what you're saying because I get the same friggin' thing. It was like all of a sudden they're together on motorcycle. And okay, her motorcycle, what was that? That wasn't even a motorcycle. That was like a a child's like beginner's <laughs> bike. I like think was, that I think that's uh, that's probably the budget here. Sometimes you'll see these these motorcycle films in the seventies, uh, and there's some glaring examples where, where they can't where they can't get uh, Harley Davidsons or whatever, so they get like these like really shitty dirt bikes and try to pass them off as motorcycles, you know, kind of thing. And I did love the idea dirt bike. <laughs> I did love the idea that the guy is trying to take like the chopper on like the dirt bike track and yes. then like it breaks down at the end and he still gets third place because he's that badass, but he has to drag the dirt like the chopper yeah. down the like like there's a it's a clever little move. Like it's a clever moment, right? Yeah, like but the movie doesn't justify like there's it's one like cool little bit, one interesting thing that the those it does nothing and goes nowhere, right? Did you know, he? which again is the sort of thing that like is perfectly fine in a drive-in movie where you're just trying to finger bang your girlfriend, like you know, like it's yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, like that's the, I mean, he that's all this back, is though? trying to be, you know. He well, he yeah, he bought a dirt bike. He he's like he goes to the remember he goes to the dealer. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, he steals and, the dirt bike, and he's like. Well, I, I need to drive it around the, the store at least once to see if it works right, right? And the dealer's like, okay. And he hands him an envelope. My money's in the envelope, by the way. You can check it later. And then he drives it around. And then he comes out in his bike, towing the dirt bike away in, like, a fucking wagon. And the guy looks in the envelope. Of course, there's nothing in there. Um, or there's a little bit. Yeah. Like oh, five yeah, there's bucks. Five, five bucks. And he down payment, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, $5 in 1970 is like, you know, $50 million in today's That's time. right. I think it was like, what was the bike? Was 900 700 uh, six, 600 something 600 was, Oh, wow, yeah. I'm way off. So while I was, like, watching the movie, and as soon as the bikes, the, the, the motorcycles were jumping onto the track, I was like, no, no, no. Dirt bikes on a dirt bike track does not make any sense. They're not going to win. It's going to be really stupid. And then when I saw, they actually played the fact that they couldn't race on the track, and they knew they couldn't race on the track. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, thank you. That was pretty funny. I definitely enjoyed that. Um, I thought that we were going to try and make them look superior, but they made them look like idiots trying to ride motorcycles on their right. actual dirt bike track. There is a nod to actual, like, this dirt biking culture in this, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, they, yeah. they, do, they do take a minute to, like, hey, this should be part of our audience, so we're going to acknowledge them kind of thing. And, you, and you'll see movies in the 70s especially kind of do this thing and, like, also, the, you know, the the beach party movies do it a little bit to surfers and stuff like that as well you know and the van you know leaning in the van culture in the late 70s early 80s you know they they, they, they sort of pick Man, up on Lady Lee has so many movies to watch she does She's yeah. 224 episodes worth you know mm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing the next like this year this year I'm just going to be watching a bunch of movies so I can just catch up with you guys and be understanding your comments versus me just standing here 
with drink in hand, just being like, yep, just going to nod my head and agree with you guys. <laughs> that's all I ever do is I just sit here with yeah. a drink and go like, yeah, that sounds great, Lee. You're great. Yeah. yeah You're great. great. You're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like, I feel like what basically happened here is so Roger Smith, he didn't so much write a movie as he wrote a movie that had like a couple really good scenes for Joe Namath and Anne Margaret. And then the rest of it is just like, Oh, what, what happened in that biker movie I saw last year kind of thing. And then he, he gives you some sort of like little bit of what's going on there. And they pad it out with racing footage. Yeah. That's kind of it. Which which is so kind of how these things are made. Like the the you know you put together. Okay, we got Joe Namath, we got Anne Margaret, we write a couple of scenes, we pad it out with some generic dialogue, and then like oh, racing footage, it's ninety four minutes long. Uh, throw it throw it to drive ins. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets it, and then in twenty twenty one, three douchebags uh, review it for a movie podcast. Yeah. So you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Two douchebags and a really cool person. Review it for, <laughs> you know. I would not I like describe myself bag. as a douchebag. Uh, oh, okay. Know, but, you know, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm glad you made that correction there, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted Shit. to be clear what I was. I, I mis- misinterpreted yeah. that one. I thought you were complimenting yeah, me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Um, That's falling apart beautifully. I have to say, I have to say, the people that they have for stunts, you can tell they kind of have stunt guys working because. Oh, yeah. There's some of those. As there's. I have no interest in watching this movie again. I don't. I would probably tell somebody if you want to watch like a a motorcycle movie that makes no sense, or not no sense, but you want to watch a motorcycle movie that kind of makes you laugh and giggle at times. Yeah, definitely. But me personally. No, I'm done with it. But I do have to say, the the sense, the acrobatics, like all that stuff, it was impressive. Like the one mm-hmm. scene where the guy gets the dirt bike and he's joking with a dirt bike, like just goofing off, and he crashes it and jumps off, like just so flawlessly. I just watched that and I was looking. I'm like, they make it look like, ah, oh, knee slapper, ha, he's being a goof. No, that was insanely amazing stunt. Like that was beautifully done. Like that oh, was yeah. one person who just decided, "Hey, let me goof off. Just watch. Just record me as I'm goofing off, and whatever happens, happens." And that's that's that. Look what it seemed like. And it just, oh, I could watch that scene over and over again because I just thought it was so good. Well, yeah, I mean, having having William Smith like as both an actor, and I'm I'm sure he was doing his own stunts in this for the most part. Like you can tell, Joe Namath is not doing any stunts. Like when you when you see the the, the like the long shots and stuff, it's obviously not him on the bike. Um, but like William Smith was probably running the stunts. I didn't check to see. I actually didn't check the stunt department credits or whatever. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's probably like he had a word, if not was directing the stunts most of most of the time yeah they were and, good and they were they were all good like they're they're solid yeah it, even this movie that's pretty low budget uh is and i did i couldn't find a budget for this but it looks very low budget um the stunt work was great like it, it, was, it was very phenomenal good. yeah you get you get a, you get a good stunt person like a mm-hmm. You know, hiring his friends and kind of going in and doing like some good stunt work, and uh, you know, like That's especially a, yeah. if especially if it's like you know, 
we're just kind of giving carte blanche to like show up on the day and do some like dirt bite sequences. Yeah. And we get to do the stuff that we think is fun. And like, there is this thing with stunt guys where like, well, uh, no real director is going to let us like get away with this, but <laughs> we can just kind of do this. If, yeah. You know, like, 70, you know, especially 70 stunt guys. Like, yeah. They, they, they were just, let me, let me have fun. Mm. Yeah, let, let, let us do the thing, you know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Uh, I will say, even though this film, and I mean, this just sort of goes into my final thoughts as well, like, this film is not great. It Like, it, it's got a great Anne Margaret performance, I think. I think William Smith is pretty good as the bad guy. He's kind of over-the-top comedic. I, I enjoy it. I, I love William Smith, so, I mean, it, I'm a little biased on this, but the film itself overall isn't great, but I think it has, I think it does have a all-time great, shot and edited sequence in this that actually like <laughs> is almost like stands stands it like a sore thumb to the rest of the movie and that's actually where CC takes Anne to the club and then Wayne Cochran and the CC writers perform their song and I love how it's filmed I love first off I love the song uh, I, I, it's it's one of my favorite songs, uh, Otis writing song, and I, I like the cover here. I like how it's shot. It's shot in this weird energetic montage uh, where you know it, it keeps cutting back and forth to like the different performers walking onto the stage to fill out the band and stuff. And then it, you know, then it's cutting to Anne and Cece dancing, and then as it goes along, it cuts to little inserts of their eventual sex scene that they have. And I just think like the entire energy of it is just really good. You can see why Tarantino really likes this. And I, I think it kind of just for a brief moment kind of captures like a feeling of the era that the rest yeah. of the movie really doesn't. And I thought it was fucking just brilliantly shot. It's one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen. Little sequences I've ever seen in a movie. Um, I, I really, really, really like it. And that actually kind I'm of. I'm gonna have to rewatch. I, I like you say that, and I'm like, I, I should rewatch that. Like, yeah, yeah. I really, I, I really like that scene. It. Just can't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that that does lead to a question. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that uh, when we get to uh, the versions available or whatever. But um, are we good with like getting into our final thoughts on this one? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, throw to you first, Daniel. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if you've listened to my thoughts so far, then you kind of get my general impressions. Uh, I'm willing to... I would be willing to accept that I missed some things on this watch because I did kind of watch it casually, you know, with a few beers, et cetera, you know, kind of with the preparation of doing this for the show. If there's something that I've met, like, you know, if there is like a kind of a deeper message or, you know, something that I should rewatch for, I'd be happy to rewatch um, and, and kind of come back to it. Knowing that Tarantino, like learning that Tarantino was a fan of it, like kind of gives me a, you know, a little bit more of a, well, maybe I should take it a little bit more seriously and the kind of <laughs> like certain sequences. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like a lot of these things are like first draft, you know, podcast, mm-hmm. you know, like commentary is, you know, my, my first draft commentary is, uh, yeah, no, this didn't really mean a whole lot for me. And Margaret is gorgeous. It's perfectly fine, but there's nothing really special about it. But if, 
you know, those are exactly the kinds of movies that you sometimes do rewatch and find new things in. And uh, I'd be mm-hmm. happy to kind of learn that. But like as it is, it's like, you know, uh, didn't mean much to me. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's terrible. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. If you want to watch a motorcycle racing movie with uh, Anne Margaret being gorgeous, that this is the thing you should do. Uh, the Swinger is way better. Go watch The no, Swinger yeah. instead. Yeah. yeah, like The Swinger is like a thousand times better than this is. <laughs> so you know, yeah. Or or watch Viva Las Vegas too. Or something. We'll like watch yeah. any of the other movies that we don't with Anne Margaret. <laughs> but The Swinger is one of those. Like if you want to watch Anne Margaret and be hot, like The Swinger is the thing you need to watch. You know, mm-hmm. Like you know, the the yeah. paint dance. Uh, I mean, you know, any oh. any random three yes. minutes of the swinger is much better than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I have to say, I haven't watched the swingers, but I've watched the paint dance. <laughs> you actually did a tribute to that on your birthday, did you not? I did, but not directly. Uh, oh, you brought did, it you, up. did you do something? Did you film you doing something with paint dance? Because no, I had because September fourteenth is National Coloring Day. So what I did was I got a bunch of paints and we painted each other with paints. So Lee made it notice because when I told him or when I said it, he showed me the the clip and I got to watch it. So that was like my kind of first experience with the paint dance and the whole paint thing. And anyways, super, super hot scene. Like, Yeah, and the paint dance, <laughs> honestly, is like third on, like, it's like mm. three down on the list of, like, hottest sequences. Oh, yeah. In the yep. swinger, yeah. Like, so. Oh, but it's, oh, I have to watch it. I haven't watched it. Yeah. I have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, watch yep. the swinger. Um, I do. That's probably We're going to have to re-review the swinger with Lady <laughs> All that is going to be me being horny. Like, like let's be real. Um, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the first time we did it was basically Lee and I being horny. And that yeah, was so. all it was. You know? Yeah, so won't just be you, kind of thing. Yeah. While we're on this, her swimsuit in the this movie, holy, oh my goodness. Like, as soon as I saw the scene with her swimsuit, I just kind of, like, grabbed onto my bed and was like, I want that swimsuit, and I want any girl that I'm with to wear that swimsuit. Like that swimsuit <laughs> is gorgeous. And when she's putting the baby oil on, which is terrible for your skin, please do not do that. But <laughs> it, was the baby oil on. it was 1970. It was. was, it was. You know, like, I know. I know. I'm just warning future people um, as much as it's really sexy. Let's do it indoors versus outdoors. Cause uh, <laughs> it looks super hot, but Oh my goodness. Like I had to take a moment for that one. Like I was enjoying that too much. So my Circle, overall impression. Dot, dot, and now I have my cootie shot. Like <laughs> <laughs> my overall, my overall impression of the movie. Um, I did not like it. Uh, I, like I said, it put a really bad taste in my mouth when I, right from the get go, they had that scene and it was an awful scene to watch. It was really hard for me to watch. And then he was just kind of smiling, half smiling. And then he's like, oh, hey, guys, let me just be the hero here. <laughs> like, that's a big old fuck you in your face. Like, I didn't like that. And then there was just so many random scenes, like the whole fight scene where the one guy gets punched and lands in a cactus. And then, like, there's another scene. I'm, like, going over my notes, too, because there's some things. 
it's just there was other scenes too where like the 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 reactions to everything was just so over crazy like oh we're such fans of ucc and at the end they're just like we hate ucc and like the end scene where he like he dies like all of that it was just this massive over exaggeration massive like really trying to catch people's interest trying really hard i just didn't care like the one scene where um she's trying to see if the leader is asleep she grabs his hair and like shoves him in the chair i'm like what is this what is going on and then we're talking about the date scene where all of a sudden the cc and um ann end up together and we're like how how did this happen like where this it's just too much the scenes were too much for me like there's just over exaggeration and i didn't care for it there was just no connection between a lot of scenes and a lot of the racing scenes like i love adrenaline i love fighting i love all that stuff but god damn it that bike scene on a track was just ever long you're on an oval track it's really not exciting for me i don't watch nascar i don't care for nascar <laughs> i don't care for motorcycles racing on a track that's all i gotta say right on uh yeah so uh box office for this got one number out of this i I assume like they actually made a lot more money than this on it but uh 1.1 million in rentals in north america so that's you know this is theater rentals or whatever but uh i'm assuming that's actually bigger than what the budget was so (laughs) yeah i mean the budget is like uh 42 dollars or whatever so yeah yeah Uh, 42 dollars plus Anne margaret's uh fee which is like a hundred thousand or something (laughs) uh earned every penny um dvd and release info on this so uh like you said daniel amazon prime so i gotta ask you the version you watched in amazon prime daniel did it actually have the sex scene between ann margaret and joe namath Oh. Do you remember like a good like two minutes where they're actually rolling around the sheets and you actually get a bit of Anne Margaret nudity in it as well? I did see that. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Because there 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 is a cut version of this. Um, there's several of them on YouTube. Actually, the version that is on Rare Lust, unfortunately, is actually the cut version. Uh, that's the one I initially sh- shared with uh, Lee, and I shared uh, a better version from YouTube this week with her. If you look up the channel Black Hat Cinephile, you have to, like, fast-forward a couple minutes, because the intro, like, he, he puts some, like, weird shit on it. I guess right. maybe maybe to he beat tried, copyright. to break the copyright, yeah. Like, yeah. I, and the same I with found the sandwich. A, like, I, did, I did a lot of... Like so so with a lot of these movies of this kind of era when I'm like kind of looking at them a little bit behind the scenes for me is like I'm kind of going like hey can I watch this at 1.5 speed it, it will be fine if I watch it um <laughs> which you can't do with Amazon but I couldn't find like a really like nice quality like looking version of it at 1.5 so I watched it on Amazon um, but I probably would have enjoyed it more watching it at 1.5 speed, not having to sit through the like endless uh, like motorcycle sequences. So you know, like, uh, hey, Amazon, give me the option to watch it at higher speed. Um, you know, but uh, but but yeah, no, I I didn't. I looked at I looked for it on Rare Lust. I didn't see it. But uh, I probably just uh, didn't. It, uh, it is on Rare Lust, but it's a it's a rip from a bad uh, DVD release, and like there's been no official DVD release of this. They're all just like sort of dodgy because it's it's I, I guess it went out of copyright, so um, yeah. everybody was sit, 
releasing it. Uh, but there, it's also on Google Play. It's on the Internet Archive. So, yeah, there, I mean the version on the version on Amazon Prime. I mean, it looked fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, it looked it, it looks good. You know, for a movie from 1970 that doesn't have a lot of like it's not criterion quality or anything, but it looks mm-hmm. you know it looks fine. You know our audience will understand what it looked fine means. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It wasn't like filled with like a JPEG compression and like VHS errors <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing, you know, like it, it looked fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so like I said, apparently the first time Anne Margaret did a nude scene um, on film. So this is like her first official uh, cinematic mm-hmm. nude scene, even though it's just brief nudity, just a little look at where the reviewers were at this point. Gene Siskel did a review of this and he was not very flattering about the movie and, and Margaret. And this just makes me basically say, I'm glad you're dead. Gene Siskel, because his quote uh, here, and Margaret has a brief nude scene in which she proves in addition to having a foul mouth, she is fat. Ah. Oh. And I'm just Asshole. like, Gene Siskel is better than that. Like, that's the thing for me is like, I, I understand that people don't like Siskel and Ebert, and I get mm-hmm. all the individual reasons that people don't like Siskel and or Ebert. But Siskel is actually better than that. Like, that's actually really disgusting for Gene Siskel. That's terrible. It's just, it's just such a, like, a sensationalist kind of, like, review kind of thing, right? It's just, like, he's trying to, like, get, like, a buzzy kind of, like, oh, this this will, this will you know, make people take, stand up and take notice kind of review. And it's like, why don't you just review the movie instead of, like, being snarky about it? Like, it's... About someone's why, body? And why, like, bash... She's a beautiful woman. Why bash Anne Margaret? Although, like, I guess at this point, she was, like... Like, it's, like, this really weird thing of, like, suddenly she was not a popular actress, and so it was fine to just kind of go, yeah, Anne Margaret is fat, and she's not hot at all, when, in fact, she's incredibly hot in this movie. And fit. Yeah, she's like, fit. Like, who is, she, who, is she, who is she fat compared to in this movie? Like, Pom Pom, who is, like, very skinny? Like, I guess, maybe? But Anne Margaret was right. too skinny. Yeah, Pom Pom was, you know, yeah. like she, she could well, she can use a meal kind of thing. Well, you know? yeah, we, are, like, we, are, we are in that sort of, like, in that era. I mean, we're not in the heroin chic era, but we are in the Twiggy era at this point. Yeah. In the late 60s and early 70s and so maybe he's like kind of going oh, man it's just it's just so disgusting it's just like yeah. what yeah like Cisco, you are i i respect gene siskel as a like human being who has reasonable opinions and this is the thing where you go Disgusting. Go fuck yourself go fuck mm-hmm. yourself gene that's disgusting that's it pisses me off like i hate that shit like Oh, like there's so many curvy women earlier too, and then this because I know uh, Twiggy became the huge sensation of being skinny, and it's like okay, cool. Let let make sure you're beautiful. Just don't ever eat, ever eat, and right. uh, you'll be beautiful. No, I think we've gotten through no. 224 episodes, and I have not once described a woman as fat yeah. on this show. Oh, I love because, like I don't think I should ever do that. You know. <laughs> no, don't. It's terrible. It's frustrating. Like I, 
That makes I mean, me angry. Not that, not that being fat is like inherently like you know if if we did like a Melissa McCarthy movie, and it's like well you know you know fat I, I'm fat like fat is not a uh, a negative like it's not like something that it's it's not a like an insult you know well, but certainly I wouldn't be like well you'd be hot except you're fat like that's a yeah. you know, that's a different thing it's you know? okay so it's it's. <laughs> I, I, someone posted this. I, this is totally off topic. I really apologize, but I have to bring this up. Um, someone posted about uh, when girls post pictures of pre and after. And same with guys, I guess, too. I should say that, too. It's guys and girls. It's everybody. But they post, like, the, I am overweight here, and now I'm at this weight I want to be. And everyone's like, oh, look how amazing you look, how fantastic you are, blah, blah. And they, like, bring them up, and it's this amazing person saying, you were nothing when you were fat. And that's what really pisses me off, because it doesn't freaking matter like i had a friend who recently posted a picture of like her after right after pregnancy and like now she's like i hated myself everything and i the first thing i posted was you are beautiful then you are beautiful now and i hope you know that that's it because people need to know like you as a person is beautiful you as a person like doesn't matter shape body size whatever you are beautiful and it's so terrible when you get those people like doing those fat shaming comments i'm sorry that i'm on this but like it's just something i'm really passionate about um i hate it because i see girls and i see guys struggle really bad because they all of a sudden get to this weight something happened whatever the case they all of a sudden get like chunkier and they hate themselves they're ugly and they're not ugly like great i understand you get to that certain weight and the health is a little bit harder because of this because of that because whatever that's extreme that's very extreme like, as long as you're taking care of yourself, you're healthy, you're, like, doing whatever you need to do to be, like, good to your body where you feel good and you feel healthy, rock on. Rock your gorgeous body. Rock that beautiful self. Like, do it. That's right, Jane Sisko. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, uh, Rouge Fee went on Dr. Phil in 2014. <sighs> Uh, and did a fat shaming segment and talked about how great fat shaming was. And uh, Rush V uh, was one of the progenitors of the uh, Gamer Gate, uh, you know, uh, and, and and also uh, posted a posted a trolling blog post, uh, which was like, "I want to make uh, rape legal in public places." so that women will make better choices, et cetera, et cetera. This is how bad he is. Except he got worse because now he's actually a Nazi. And when I say actually a Nazi, he's now, and when I say now, I mean like within the last couple of days posted a blog post um, uh, talking about how the Jews uh, led him into a life of degeneracy, which was having sex with women uh, back in the day. So um, it's got dark quick. There is, yeah. there is a, uh, I can justify this in many other ways, which you can find on my other podcast. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, misogynistic uh, fat shaming uh, bullshit actually does lead to uh, overt uh, Nazi ideology. It's uh, basically all grounded in eugenics. It turns out to be a thing. And, uh, this was not where I thought we were going to go in this yeah. episode. No, I'm sorry. We I'm have, sorry. That we was have, my fault. We had, we had no <laughs> other things to say except, like, well, can, eugenics is a thing. You know? Can, like, can I... Yeah. 
can I can I uh, can I uh, uh, steer away from race realism and eugenics to uh, uh, one more uh, fun? Uplifting. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Okay. I apologize. Please do. That was my fault. And okay. Margaret is hot. Also, eugenics is bad. Those are my two thoughts about this. Fat movie, shaming you know? bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so fat see, shaming and eugenics are kind of the same thing. That that was. Oh bad. my bad. So the uh, the name CC Ryder has its roots as a classic folk blues standard back in the day. So there's been many versions of this uh, done by many artists telling the story of an unfaithful male lover commonly called an easy rider or a woman who had liberal sexual views. So it's like an old kind of, kind of like an old blues standard. Uh, It's, it's like letter C letter C rider or CC rider as in S E E S E E rider. There's different versions of it. And uh, of course, the song, one version of the song is actually done by Mitch Ryder, which is a weird coincidence. Well, they reference they reference Easy Rider in the film, and I mm-hmm. kind of took that as like referencing the f- film Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah, cool your jets there, Easy Easy Rider. Like you know, yeah, and this being a, a sort of cash grab for the Easy Rider money because this comes mm-hmm. out a year after. But like yeah no the I feel like you know I feel like there's something to the kind of like biker culture in the late sixties and early seventies that we've kind of missed in this uh, in this review, and uh, that's because uh, it turns out that uh, we're not uh, people who care about motorcycle culture in nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy three. No, yeah, <laughs> not at all. For those of you who are, please comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, also, I'm sure we also, get a lot. Also, the film isn't about that at all. The film is about like Anne Margaret being hot. That's mm-hmm. all that. That's all that this movie is ultimately about. Be- being oh, hot, and so making, beautiful. Being hot and making bad decisions in men. That, that's that's yep. the, yeah. That's her, yeah. yeah well, that's like my high school. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hot girls making bad decisions with men is basically the only way I ever get late. So uh, you know, I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna disclaim that. You know, like you know. Haley. Okay, fine. You'll do. You'll yeah. do. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, what were we thinking about doing next, Daniel? Uh, Magnolia. You suggested possibly. I. I mean, I don't know if you want to. I mean, oh, know, I'd be. I'd be up for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a movie that meant a lot to me when it uh, upon its initial release, and I feel like we should do it on this podcast at some point. Um, I have I have here still in its cellophane uh, packaging the Glinda Farrell triple feature, which includes mm-hmm. the law in her hands, which I know we wanted to do. And here comes Carter and Dance Charlie Dance, and I know we want to do that like three that three per is an episode, but um, it'll probably take me a little bit to get uh, 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 to purchase a copy for uh, the mm-hmm. two Lees. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, because certainly I would uh, not uh, 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 provide that illegally that to anyone. Be, that would be illegal, but Daniel. I spent $23 for this from the Warner Archive. And, uh, you know, I think we should all spend that and uh, make sure that we all have our our own our own copy mm-hmm. um so so anyway but but i think before we get there i think we should do a movie and i was uh i was just kind of like uh i saw a reference to amy mann and went like oh yeah magnolia is great uh great film one of my 
a film that I think is really interesting and a film that uh, I think we should cover. So, yeah, awesome. let's do Magnolia. And uh, I'll probably even write a, a synopsis for that oh. one, which is oh. going – I will come like for Magnolia. I will come back and write a synopsis. Synopsis. Um, you, you hear that, guys? Miss, Daniel is going to come out of synopsis retirement. Mister so, Fancy Pants has got some pants my, that are fancy. And, and my <laughs> and, like Lady Lee may not realize what uh, like back in the day when I was doing synopses, uh, what this meant for the show because like, you I'm know. just going to go back and listen to these. Like you don't yeah, understand. Go, I'm dedicated. Just go check out the Big fan. Sleep episode. Go check out the Big Sleep episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, I um, I am like your groupie. Like, I am that girl. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. watch all of them all and critique you guys and, and have so, a review and synopsis on all your episodes. And, <laughs> and also, and also, Magnolia is the film that no one should ever attempt to synopsize. So, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an additional challenge on top of that. So, uh, uh, I'm I'm dedicating myself to I have two weeks to synopsize the film Magnolia. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there we go. But I've watched it like uh, 50 times probably. So I think it'll be fine. Right. Cheating. Cheater. Yeah, cheating. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lady Lee, great to have you back. Always Welcome a pleasure. Any, welcome back anytime. Please, please so. come back and talk about the uh, Tom Cruise uh, Respect the Cock uh, movie from 1999. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, Respect the cock and tame the cunt. I think is the is the line. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a real prefigures. Root. He prefigures the in the men's rights. Uh, I have a really yeah. hard time watching Tom Cruise in general. Like I, I can't. I just, I just can't. It's an ensemble I, piece. At least, so. Yeah, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about. It. He's he's not in it for a lot of time. So yeah, it's fine. yeah. I just. Um, <laughs> uh, is there is there anything you need to plug, uh, Lee? Any? You you said you were going to do your homework. You had friends with like movie review sites and stuff, and you haven't you haven't brought. Oh them. my goodness! That, that's mostly my fault. Yes. but yeah, that's okay because I did it last time. Okay, so uh, my buddy Jay, um, he has a, a YouTube channel called uh, We Promise Nothing, where he reviews movies, different mm-hmm. kinds of movies. Um, he also uh, is currently in the process of creating something new. So the next time I get on here, there you go. I get to plug his new uh, project. So, okay. cool. but yes, yeah, definitely check out that one because he has a really cool movies and uh, very fun to watch. Uh, very entertaining. All right. We'll, we'll uh, link that in the show notes. Uh, Daniel, uh, where can people find you? What's going on? I am on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. If you care to follow me there, um, it's not a good time. It's a really depressing time, but it's a time. You, you could check that out. Um, you could also check out my other podcast, which I can't imagine you don't know this, but I do a podcast about Nazis uh, and the terrible things that they say and uh, the movement that is uh, coming to crush uh not just our democracy, but uh, all racial minorities within uh, the North American continent. I am uh, working to fight them with a the microphone. And you can find me do that on, uh, and I don't speak German, that lives in that com. So uh, check that out. If that's something that seems appealing to you, 
which I know I'm underselling it. It doesn't seem very appealing at all. But uh, it's <laughs> it's I actually do, interesting. I, I haven't watching or listening. We, I haven't. We listened. tell jokes. We tell jokes. It's fine. You know. Also, I reviewed Birth of a Nation. Uh, check out the Birth of a Nation episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was pretty good. You know. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to uh, slightly less Nazi stuff uh, on this podcast <laughs> if you if you like to. Uh, TMB, dos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our uh, side podcasts. Uh, we just recorded an episode of Cape Shit tonight, uh, which should be probably coming out the week after you hear this, uh, where we covered Captain America Civil War. And um, yeah, which is fun. terrible. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Don't spoil the episode, Daniel. Jesus Christ. Um, Jeez. I just, I just want to make all our audience hate me more. That's the thing: is to get them to hate me the most, and then they will demand you fire me, and just you and Lady Lee will do the. <laughs> no, you're irreplaceable. Stop that. <laughs> I'm only here as like female. That's it. <laughs> you're, the, you're the token female of the podcast. Yeah, okay. that's all. That's all. Sure, sure. You're just a girl. I'm um, just a girl. Show feet is all. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and yeah, so uh, teambeados.podbean.com or go to our Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook where you can interact with us and give us movie suggestions. Tell us how terrible we are. Tell us how great we are. Um, and then, you know, uh, not a shit ton happens on that group, but there's decent people there and sometimes some fun conversations happen and that's still, you know, that's the best way to get in touch with us and, and find out what's going on and all that shit. So suggest you do it. Yeah. If you, if you're not already swamped by a litany of Facebook groups and you just, you're on Facebook every day and you hate your life and you kind of wish you never clicked on, then maybe you don't want to join our Facebook group because they'll just, or you do. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you hate yourself and you enjoy the pain. Or the fact that we are that brilliant and amazing and you're like, I am going to laugh and love my life again. Positivity. Maybe maybe we will be the the Facebook group that turns you around, turns the corner. You're like, 2020's really had really got me down. 2021's not looking that great. I'm on Facebook. Life sucks. Oh, wait. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. It's a podcast. There we go. I can talk with the brilliant hosts and request movies. And all of a sudden, I have a purpose in my life. And if they had a Patreon, I'd give them at least a $200 a month. I, I do. I do. I do have a Patreon. You can support me. Patreon.com slash Daniel Lee There you go. Give him $200 a month. He'll kick back like five cents nothing. to me and it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will use it. I will use it to buy hard drives to store Nazi uh, propaganda. That's what I will use it for. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> to buy beer and to buy beer. Those yeah, are, yeah. Beer yeah. and hard drives sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys uh, for being on with me. <laughs> Thank you, people, for listening. If you've listened this far, I don't know why the fuck I you have. I can't imagine why anyone would listen to 90 minutes about this stupid fucking movie. But, uh, you know, congratulations. You, know. you are yeah. amazing. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I will give uh, you, I will send your, your token for like a free blowjob or something in the mail or oral <laughs> to your lady. <laughs> or when you, or, or when you, when you start, start, out, you start up your uh, own, on leave. Yeah. Things. 
Only yeah, OnlyFans. Only yeah. OnlyFans. Yep. Free subscription. We don't know which. Yeah, we don't know which Lee is on top of which Lee. It's just a whole gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're rolling rolling the dice, but um, either way, you're gonna enjoy it. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we'll 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 see you guys again when we see you.
listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Drive through.